It is the festive season and everyone is jovial and happy, relating with their families and eating that Christmas goods. However, Ad is not always the ideal scenario when it comes to families. To quote, forgiving isn't something someone does for someone else. Come ye, come all to my feet and taste the libations of my meager wisdom. Hi everyone, I know it's been a while since I put out an episode, for that I apologize. However, the content of my episode today is centered around relationships, to be specific, familiar relationships. And as such, I wanted it to align itself with the festive season whereby if you're that kind of family that listens to podcasts, then you can listen to this and maybe gain something small. Fair warning, that the contents of the podcast might be a trigger and as such, you're allowed to stop listening when you get triggered. However, I implore you that after you deal with the trigger, you come and finish it because it is important that you finish the whole episode. Now jumping right into it, what is family or what do people regard as family? Everyone has a specific definition of what family is to them. Uh, But in this context, we are going to deal with the ideal. A family is a group consisting of one or two parents, their children, and close relations. See, by society, the purpose of a family is to maintain the well-being of its members and thus the well-being of the society. If we are speaking of an ideal familial structure, uh, then it's supposed to offer predictability, structure, and safety to the members as they mature and participate in the community. That the whole ideology of family is to ensure that a child is able to get that kind of predictability that allows it to grow into a fine young woman or a fine young man. Thus, families give socialization for life outside family and is the primary source of attachment, nurturing, and techniques of socialization that within an ideal family setting, the children are able to teach themselves how to socialize with the outside world, how to form good non-toxic attachments to people, and how to deal with relationships as they grow up. That an ideal family scenario allows a child to be able to grow into somebody who is able to treat other people decently without being told why. Thus, despite what kind of family it is, whether it's a nuclear family, extended, single parent, one formed from gay parents, the ideal scenario is that the family should be without toxicity and that it allows the growth of the child into somebody who is decent. That ideal scenario is really the real scenario, especially in an African setting of family, especially in Kenya. Uh, that for Kenyans, most families are faced with a myriad of challenges, which would include poverty, HIV and AIDS, illiteracy, unemployment, and gender inequality. Now, this is in general what families face. However, my podcast is based on millennials, and as such, millennials, on the other hand, also face different kinds of challenges when it comes to a familial setting. That for millennials, these challenges form an integral part of how they relate with their various family members. 
Now these relations, or if we are going to call it in general relationships, are what can be classified as toxic or non-toxic. Now as I said before, the family setting is one based on two parents or one and uh, with siblings and maybe close relatives as such to deal with the real scenario on what happens in Kenya I will break down the family structure into three the parents, the siblings and the relatives that for the parents an ideal parent is expected to be able to give predictability structure and nurturing that allows the child to have a comfortable place to grow into somebody who is all-rounded, independent, and a decent human being. However, this isn't the reality in all households. That 10 to 20% of Kenyan households will experience a toxic-free environment based on their parents. The other 80%, on the other hand, have toxic parents on one way or another. Now, to regard what we discuss as toxic parents, I would say toxic is the umbrella term that is used to base characteristics that are narcissistic, self-centered, and in essence, aimed at putting down someone in order to ensure that the person exhibiting the toxic tendencies is better off. For toxic parents, the characteristics will include self-centered behavior that will mean the parent is emotionally unavailable, the parent is narcissistic, and then as such, the children will always have to ask, what about me? When the parent is emotionally unavailable, that a child is unable to relate to the parent on an emotional level. The child has things going on in their lives, but they're unable to come to their parent and say, Mommy, Daddy, this is what is going on in my life. I need advice. Because the parent has always been emotionally available. This is especially true with fathers in the Kenyan setting. That it is impossible for a son or a daughter to, to approach the father and say, uh, Daddy, uh, I was beaten up by some boy and I don't know what to do. Uh, Daddy, this and this happened in my life and I'm asking for advice. Self-centered behavior. Uh, that it makes the children wonder what about me. Another characteristic of toxic parents is that of physical and verbal abuse. Physical abuse, as is in the definition, is simply when a parent beats up the children, not for the sake of discipline, but for the sake of beating them up. A physical abuse occurs majorly in families that experience domestic violence that either the father or the mother will beat up the children not necessarily to punish them for a mistake they've done but rather to put them down to show that they are the boss of the house that they have the power and always will have the power to beat them up and there's nothing that child can do and if it's not physical abuse then it's verbal abuse whereby the parent is always putting down the child that you are nothing. I, the parent is always throwing insults at the child. The parent is always ensuring that that child 
feels insignificant and this in turn leads to that emotional abuse that the child himself or herself is unable to figure out what what she has or he has because constantly the parent is always abusing them another characteristic of a toxic parent is controlling behaviors now controlling behaviors is one whereby the child or children in, in, if the family is big have no free will normally controlling behavior is one of the biggest aspects of toxic parenthood in Kenya that for parents they believe controlling the child is the best way to ensure that the child is able to grow up into a decent human being so every aspect of that child's life is not left to chance but is put under the wing of the parents they decide what the, how the child will wake up what time they will eat what time they'll go to school what time they come back what do they do after they come back there is no choice for the child to say i'd like to do something because everything has already been decided for them controlling behaviors not do not necessarily have to be toxic but it reaches a point when a child has an opinion of their own and if that opinion is voiced and cannot be heard by the parent then that is toxic because then the child has an opinion that might be better than what the parent has if the parent is unable to show why it is not better instead puts it down and says they should stick to what they've been doing because it is what is best for them as the parent sees fit i believe in my opinion that that is a toxic behavior now controlling behavior shouldn't be confused with manipulative behaviors because manipulative behaviors is another aspect of toxic parenthood the parents especially for millennials who are in the working class structure let alone uh, children who are still in school use manipulative behaviors in order to ensure that their children give them what they want they use guilt to force their child to give them what they want they use emotional manipulation to say if i wasn't your mother if i wasn't your father you wouldn't be around if i had not done this for you when you were a child i had carried you in my womb for nine months so you are supposed to do this and this now manipulative behaviors is contingent on the fact that these kids have been provided so it is not that that kid is one who's absconded on their responsibilities but rather the kid has been providing but the parent feels that it is inadequate and hence they are entitled to something more than what they have been being given as such this shows a lack of boundary that there is no way my life will be like this if you don't give me this and this one of the other toxic characteristics to look out for in toxic parents is negatively reactive a toxic parent will never applaud or be pleased by the child no matter what they do no matter how hard they try in anything they do it will always be a negative reaction oh you were chosen for the drama were there no other people to do it oh you are going for science congress are you sure you'll be able to do it their reaction to every achievement the child does isn't one that is enforcing or positive but rather one that is always questioning the child and asking them are you sure you are capable of doing it instead of saying you are capable of doing it 
Now these are just some of the characteristics I believe are part of toxic parenthood. It could be a single characteristics, it could be a combination of all those characteristics. But in order to know exactly if your parent has been toxic to you, I came up with a few questions that you can ask yourself. One is, am I treated as a child even though I am not? Now this is to those millennials who are above 18, 20 working class with families of their own and are still being treated as a child by their parents. They are still being told what to do, how to do it, even though they have a family of their own, they have a whole life that is separate from their parents. Am I guilted into getting my parents what they want through some form of manipulation? That is it a matter of I want to do this for my parent because it's my responsibility or it's a matter of my father or my mother say this and this and I feel guilty for not doing it and hence I will try my best to do it. Do I feel ill or have any other overwhelming physical or emotional feelings after seeing my parents? Sometimes it is impossible for somebody to be somebody they love so much as toxic. However, the subconscious is a very powerful thing and hence that question is because the subconscious will always know what you really feel so that if you really feel ill or have any other overwhelming physical or emotional feeling that isn't positive, mark you, that isn't positive, hence something like a panic attack, anxiety, fear, anger, sadness, despair, if you feel such things, immediately you see, talk to your parents, then something is up. You have to ask yourself, what is going on? Lastly, do I just feel like I will never live up to my parents' expectations? This is where the negative, reactive aspect comes in, that a child who's been raised by a parent who's always been questioning them, no matter what achievements they've accomplished in their life, will always question if they'll be able to impress them at one point in time. Moving on, like I said before, families are formed of the parents, the siblings, and the relatives. Hence, familiar relationships are between siblings, are between parents and children, are between parents, children, and the relatives. As such, siblings too can exhibit toxic behavior. It should be noted, sibling rivalry can sometimes be confused with toxicity. However, that's not what we are speaking of. And as such, signs to look out for if you think you're in a toxic relationship with your sibling would be, one, that your siblings are never wrong. That no matter what argument you have, no matter what thing they do, they'll never be wrong even if they are, that they would do something wrong and then shift the blame to others. When they clearly know that they are the cause of that. Two, a sibling would play favorites with other siblings. This is to mean that an older sibling would play favorites with others and disregard other siblings. 
that that sibling would neglect a sibling and then use the sibling they feel favorite to to make the other one feel jealous in addition to that that sibling is controlling and manipulating that a toxic sibling would try to use underhanded methods to control and manipulate you this could include emotional control and manipulation so that they guilt trip you into doing things for them not necessarily bad things but you are the you're constantly the one doing things for them without any reciprocation another trait to look out for is that they dismiss and invalidate feelings now this is one of the biggest traits i think one should look out for in toxic sibling a sibling will not listen to you despite what you're telling them instead they will tell you to man up or woman up and deal with it like an adult or deal with it they do not offer any kind of counsel they do not even let you speak your thoughts but instead they make you feel irrational that whatever you're feeling however legit however hurtful it is to you it does not matter instead they will disregard and dismiss those feelings and even sometimes use it to criticize you another trait of uh, toxic siblings is that they constantly create conflict out of nothing that you could be seated somewhere doing your own things and then your sibling comes out of nowhere and just starts arguing with you about simplest of things and makes it out into a, such a big deal that you have to come back and apologize not knowing what you are apologizing for another trait is that the sibling constantly gossips about you and undermines your other relationships that they talk behind your back and they don't talk good things they are always saying lies or exaggerating stuff about you in order to make themselves appear better than you this leads to the trait that they would use things they know about you to degrade you in front of others this makes them overly critical and hence they demoralize you humiliate you and use your insecurities against you that if you are to put your confidence in them they betray that confidence and instead use those things you told them in confidence against you not even in a matter of weakness or anything just to be sadistic siblings can also be toxic because they neglect and ostracize you and show no remorse for anything they do that is wrong and as such you're always exhausted around them that you're dealing with your sibling but you're const- you constantly feel emotionally exhausted now the traits and characteristics that puts out overlap when it comes to dealing with toxic relatives as relatives in this case would refer to the extended family your uncles aunties cousins and as such some of those traits and characteristics are similar that for one they hold you to unrealistic expectations your uncles cousins are always asking if you if you're doing better if they're comparing you with somebody or they're asking you if something is coming unrealistic expectations that 
you have to fulfill. And if you do not fulfill them, then you're a failure. Parentification. Now, parentification refers to the shift in roles between child and parent. That instead of the child being taken care of the parent, it is now the opposite. Now, this is a key aspect in what happens to people who are raised in extended families. That the children take roles to take care of the aunties and uncles instead of the opposite. They take care of them not because they are sick or need extra help, but because if they do not, then everything in the house falls apart. So their uncle is a, an alcoholic, but the auntie is an alcoholic. They are drug abusers, they are physical and emotional abusers to the children. And hence, one of the elder children has to take that role of parenting in order to ensure that they are all safe. There's always chronic conflict, as mentioned before. There's physical, emotional, and verbal abuse. Now, for this case, intrafamilial sexual abuse is one of the biggest issues. As that there is an inappropriate touching between the relatives, there is sexual comments about somebody's body, and sometimes it leads to physical sexual abuse. Now, the issues I have currently with any Kenyan families is that most of the toxic families mask this toxic behavior in a shroud of you know he's always like that uh you sh- you're the one who instigated it you should leave him alone or refuse to accept it entirely but there's no way that woman could have done that we know that woman and you know they couldn't have done that you know your brother and you couldn't have done that you know your sister and you couldn't have and she couldn't have done that that's the lack of acceptance and the lack of acknowledgement leads to some big issues. One of them is that it affects one's self-worth. That for a child or a millennial who's grown up in a toxic family, their self-esteem is broken. They grow up with the ideology that they do not deserve. And for a boy who was raised up by a father who was abusive to him, feels like he doesn't have any self-worth and that any little thing he receives, no matter how slim, no matter how small, he is grateful for it even though he deserves better, she deserves better. There is a development of lacking trust in others. Growing up in a toxic family whereby everything you used to say was either used against you or used to make you feel like you have nothing makes you lose trust in others. That the only person you can only trust is yourself. As such, it makes somebody have difficult time in trying to come up with relationships as they grow up. In addition to that, there's a risk of development of anxiety disorder. And sometimes individuals can suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. But these two go hand in hand with the ideology that it was either difficult to accept the idea that I was in a toxic family, it was masked, it was not acknowledged, and the things that were done to me I was unable to speak about. And now that I'm growing up, I'm having effects. I can no longer stay in a room alone with a man because the last time I was in a room alone with a man, 
I was beaten up. I was touched inappropriately. I can no longer start a discussion about myself because the last time I started a discussion about myself with my mother, I was called names. I was told how I am doing things in order to attract something. And all I wanted in reality was just somebody to acknowledge my existence, somebody to tell me you look good, somebody to tell me you are trying your best. This in turn leads to high self-criticism and self-blame. That for a person who's grown up in a toxic family, for a person who is currently in a toxic family, they are constantly self-criticizing. They do something, it doesn't work out, and most likely wasn't their fault, but the blame is always on them. Why did I do this wrong? Why didn't I try harder? Why did I choose that man? Why did I let myself be beaten by that man? What did I do wrong that he left me? What did I not do enough that he went for the other woman? What can I do? It is always what can I, what can I, what can I? Another effect of toxic family is hard time saying no. This is mostly, mostly due to the aspect of no boundaries were set and any boundaries were set that were set were destroyed. But that little girl who tried to say no to the uncle who touched her inappropriately was told it must happen the way it's happening. But that boy who tried to tell his father, no, I can't do this, was beaten to a pulp and now he's unable to say no. This leads to the development of insecure attachments that affect relationships. And there are only two scenarios that can happen. One is that an individual is unable to develop any kind of attachment to us. And if they do develop an attachment, it's one that is filled with insecurities. Insecurities that, in essence, affect their relationship. Now, dealing with those insecurities is a whole other thing in itself. But the effect that those insecurities have on a relationship makes it difficult for that person who grew up in a toxic family, in a toxic relationship with the family, to be unable to hold other relationships, that they are unable to have a constant person because they are always insecure. They are unable to trust, they are unable to say what they feel because the last time they said what they feel, they were put down. In cases of physical, emotional, and mental abuse, it can lead to hypersexuality. That men and women who are in a, in a toxic family are unable to maintain a single relationship and as such lead to hypersexuality whereby in order to feel like their self-worth exists, that their sexuality exists, they go forward and try to make every relationship they have one that is sexual in order to show that I am a sexual being and I exist. That they are more prone to to get into toxic relationships whereby there is physical abuse from their partners. That there is lack of a positive sex life at all. That a person who is abused physically, emotionally, mentally is unable to have a sexual relationship in a relationship and as such leads to other issues. Now my definition of a familial relationship has been based on how toxic it can be. I haven't spoken of what family relationships should be like 
other than the ideal structure but i feel like the ideal family structure that should be considering the reality of situations should first acknowledge the existence of a toxic family relationship as that these things exist and in order for them to face them we must acknowledge them first so that i have some opinion on how to deal with a toxic family relationship and as much as it is difficult to change someone else's behavior one should be able to categorically emancipate themselves when dealing with toxic parents one should be able to set boundaries clear boundaries against the toxic individual any parent especially kenyan parents would have a difficult time dealing with this ideology whereby as child says i can't feel this this because it is toxic it is wrong i do not feel right feeling it they will make you feel subordinate they will make you feel disrespectful and if push comes to shove some parents can chase the kids away however it is important that you make clear communication about the boundaries and are consistent about them the millennials should stop trying to please them that it is very difficult to please a toxic parent and that no matter what you do even if you become president they will still find some flaw in you and call you out on it they will never see the positive of anything but will always insist on the negative so instead do what makes you feel good do what you're proud of and ensure that no matter what your self worth doesn't come from them but come from inside do not try and change your parents especially if it's clear they do not want to change one of the biggest mistakes anybody can make is that you try to change somebody who doesn't want to change hence you spend so much energy trying to make them show them do things for them so that they change but in essence they are just draining you so instead focus on what you can control another is to know your parents limitations and work around them but only if you want to but in essence if a millennial is past the age and is able to stand on their own two feet they should have an exit strategy so that they aren't enslaved to their parents now lastly self care is essential that do things that make you feel good eat healthy rest exercise and most important of all connect with positive people that see you for you and acknowledge your feelings that they acknowledge your feelings and you yourself are able to acknowledge your feelings these strategies are essential in dealing with both toxic parents and toxic relatives when dealing with toxic siblings because there are people around your age group then it's much simpler to just pick up and call them out set boundaries and enforce them don't normalize their behavior that whatever they do that you feel is wrong don't let it be a normal thing call them out on it tell them you're doing something wrong and if push comes to shove walk away so the whole ideology of family especially in Africa is that blood is thicker than water that no matter what somebody does you should always be there However, 
in my opinion, if somebody is draining you so much that you have to do something to cope, then it should be much simpler to just walk away. Lastly, counseling and practice of self-love is important. See, through the practice of self-love, you will realize that you do not have to help everybody in a crisis. Help yourself first, then help others. That's all I had for you today. I am sure you all have opinions on what families should be about, what families in pain, what toxic families are like. It is explanation. In such, you can hit me up on my Twitter handle at millennial underscore psyche, on IG at millennial underscore psyche, and we also have a Facebook page in the Psyche of a Millennial. I've been your host, Gengar Williams.